Welcome back to uh, Insurance Banter, the Brandon Associates podcast. Today, it will be me, Paul Borup, and then the star of the show, Chris Brand. And we're going to be talking about uh, what's wrong with this picture. Why is the marketplace the way that it is today? And I guess with that, Chris, it's, it's we're moving into a hard market, yet all the signals from a financial standpoint, from the insurance companies, don't look that way. What is wrong with this picture? I'm not sure what's wrong with this picture, Paul. Um, it's a pretty interesting situation. If you, I mean, in 2020, I'll do a quick rundown of um, what 2020 was for the carriers. 2020, the result was that the carriers made, per, and these are per AM best, they made uh, $51 billion. With $51 billion is about $5 billion more than their 10-year average. So it's not like the carriers are lacking, as a whole, lacking profitability. And you know, generally speaking, you think hard market, well, we need that's caused by a lack of profitability, so let's raise our rates. Well, we're not lacking profitability. Another underlying source of hard markets historically is that there's been a surplus shortage. Well, surplus increased uh, materially last year. It's now at a record high. And, um, you know, if we keep going a couple more years at this pace of surplus growth, we might actually end up with a trillion dollars of surplus. So it's not like we're short of surplus either. So what in the world explains why there's a shortage? In some cases, there's a shortage of product. You can't even buy the coverage, right? And you're in the trenches every single day. You know that. And then in other cases, the rates are just skyrocketing. And yet, overall, there's not a lack of profitability. So there's low loss ratios. The combined ratio last year the, um, the, the initial estimate, at least, is only one-tenth of 1% higher than it was the year prior. The year prior was an unbelievably profitable year, um, and that's the best year in the last five years. So, I mean, there are, on the surface, there are no indications a hard market is, is important. We should not be having a hard market. Um, yeah, and that's, that's really high-level stuff. I know just from a ground level, from a practitioner standpoint, as you're looking at things, and I talk to peers throughout the industry, it's profit-sharing time. Everybody seems to have had pretty good profit-sharing years. That's a little bit anecdotal, but it matches up with what the high-level numbers are showing. And then... You start reading in the press to think, oh, well, maybe with this COVID thing, carriers are worried. But so far, with very limited, um, very limited exceptions, and those generally seem to be in Europe, the carriers are winning in court. The exclusions are holding up. It doesn't seem like they should be too worried. It's probably relatively expensive to defend this stuff, but long-term, especially with the profitability they've been showing, that shouldn't be too much of an issue. And then 
coverage is a huge thing. I mean, if they're looking to say, hey, we need to reserve for future claims, a lot of a lot of product seems to be moving into the ENS market, the non-standard market. And those forms are, are getting rather egregious where you're almost buying no coverage at all. You're just buying a, a certificate saying that you have insurance. And as you read those forms, that doesn't even cover hardly anything. The stuff that is being left in the standard market seems to be very good quality business. And it's, it's just amazing to me to see the changes for our client base that just are paying significantly increased prices for very force reduced coverage and the profitability is there big time that we can see on a individual basis. Yeah, it's, you know, overall, that's one of the reasons the carriers are, are, are so profitable. So we've got some questions to ask and answer and only, only time or one amazing audit that, that, um, probably will never happen. It hasn't happened historically in the insurance industry would, will be able to tell the answer to. So one of the questions becomes, was the insurance, were insurance companies actually far more profitable than even their very profitable $51 billion indicates? And by that, what I mean is maybe possibly they were so profitable that it was a very good year to jack up reserves more than otherwise would be required. Now, only strong companies can do that in this marketplace the way it is set up today. But if that's the case, then you will have some distortion occur maybe potentially because the people jacking up the reserves are not going to be telling everybody else exactly what their, their strategy is. And so they may be looking at a particular line of business going, oh man, yeah, we had a good year, but we had these massive reserves that we think we're going to have to pay out on. And so we're just getting in front of the changes in the marketplace and raising rates now while we can. That, you know, we'll find out in three, four, five, 10 years, whether those reserves were, were legitimate. We see reserve redundancies, reserve redundancies have now occurred, I think in, um, I think it's been about the last seven consecutive years of takedowns from real large reserve increases, I believe, back in 2002. So it takes, this is a slow moving industry in that sense. Uh, so that might be part of what's going on. Another aspect is, is that um, the industry truly is anticipating really bad claims years in 2021 and 2022. And maybe carriers are a lot smarter than they've ever been in the past. And I say that not out of um, any kind of sly comment or anything like that. What I mean by that is if you go back to history, all the other hard markets were preceded by a shortage of surplus that then forced companies to take very severe actions. This one isn't going to isn't wasn't preceded by a, uh, a decrease in surplus. So by that, so that means that maybe this time the carriers are working in front of the curve, and therefore being smarter than in the past. So 
maybe they see these claims coming. They're legitimate claims that are coming down the road and they're simply trying to get ahead of it. We won't know that if they, that's what happened for a year, two, three, four, five, six years. Um, the other thing that we have to keep in mind is that the, the profitability varied significantly last year, as in most years, by line of business, Paul. So if you look at, say, commercial auto, commercial auto actually improved dramatically last year. Um, but you have what's called allied lines. And allied lines in very important line of business for everybody listening. May never have heard of it. <laughs> but allied lines lost uh, combined ratios increased by about 10 full percentage points last year. And allied lines is the, is the grouping for all of your civil disobedience, all of your business income, your wildfires uh, to some extent. Um, you have uh, all, of, um, all of those things that happened that were somewhat unique in 2020. They're all packaged under the line, the line of business called allied lines. So you're going to see a much harder market. Oh, the one I left out was cyber. Cyber is also under allied lines. So you're, you should see a soft market in personal auto. You should see a soft market in comp. You should be, see an improving market in commercial auto. And you should be seeing a probably a very hard market for anything associated with allied lines. Because that's probably. Where, go ahead, Paul. Commercial, probably commercial property, too. I know at least for, for us where we're at, we're seeing that pretty significantly. Commercial property um, is going to is uh, varies dramatically. Um, we do not have the results that's that uh, granular yet. Um, one of the catches with commercial property is going to depend on where you're located, what type type of property it is. Um, there's going to be an excess of office space uh, for some time in the future, probably. And um, that's going to affect rates um, because demand is going to be dramatically affected for it. So I think we're going to see variance by line of business. So the opportunity for everybody listening at the agency level, at the carrier level, is the more granular data you have, the more precisely you can go after different parts of the market, understanding that for one line, it may be a hard market, but for like personal auto, it's going to be a soft market. And uh, be very strategic, very pinpoint in how you approach your clients and prospects in 2021. Okay. Well, how about a, a sort of a question from left field on this, this hard market and the pricing in general? Have you thought much about consolidation and what it's doing from the agent broker level, the purchase of just distribution has has accelerated coming out of the, the pandemic and was really elevated even going in. So you're getting more and more consolidation on that side. Carriers have, have been the, the big boys keep getting bigger, so to speak. Um, 
Chubb just made an unsolicited offer for, for Hartford. It looks like they're trying to get even more consolidation. What impact do you think something like that could have? Well, it's a, it's a pretty interesting question. Um, the, um, so I've done another study uh, recently of um, which carriers have the best futures. I have my own proprietary analytics. I have my own uh, proprietary data. And we've been able to identify which carriers are most likely to be sold. And um, one, of the, one of the things that, one of the characteristics or variables that we've noticed is that the carriers that have announced sales or been approached for sales or selling out part of a division or what have you, they all have for all practical purpose, um, a 10-year growth rate of 0% on, on an annual basis, um, especially if you take out any rate increases. Um, so from that perspective, you see, you look at it and go, what's the value of a company that has a 0% growth rate? We have to have consolidation at that level because the, the value is pretty limited relatively speaking, um, at the distribution level, what's pretty interesting to me is I found an article from 1980 from David Hale. Um, David Hale, for those that don't know the name, was the founder of Hale & Associates, which was one of the, the, really the first big insurance agency consulting firms out of Chicago. And they spawned a number of different um, consulting firms that still exist today. Uh, Bobby Reagan from uh, Reagan Associates came from there, if I remember correctly. Dowling Hale still carries part of the name. Um, so it, it has footprints. And David, um, in his article from 1980, um, I believe he it was that there were 36,000 independent agencies in 1980. And so the last 10K that I read from Progressive show that there's 36,000 independent insurance agencies. <laughs> and so I look Zero at that. 0% like, oh, growth rate, huh? Yeah, 0% <laughs> growth rate, but where's really the con consolidation that we, we keep thinking about and hearing about? And, you know, what is it? And the brand new, uh, the very brand new, just released. Um, agency universe study by the big eye um, just came out uh, a couple of days ago and their number is 36,000. So I'm not sure there's actually consolidation occurring at the, in the distribution world. I'm not, I'm not sure that is actually happening. Um, everyone that's bought, there's like five small ones that pop up. And so, yeah, we, we still have as many agencies as we had in 1980. It's pretty weird that way. That is, that is an interesting, interesting statistic. You can see how it happens. Like you said, when the, the, you, the big acquirers go out and purchase an agency a year or two later, you have a few folks that maybe decide to leave, set up their own shop. And then that number stays, stays relatively static overall. So 
yeah. very interesting, especially especially from a carrier standpoint, if you're looking at that, right, to decide who you want to uh, engage with. And, and if you're a carrier that's having some real growth issues, which uh, distribution is going to help you get out of that low growth mode. Absolutely. And one of the things the carriers, I think, really, really, they they had to change a strategy 25 years ago that I think really hurt them dramatically. And that was they decided to quit appointing brand new agencies. And that really created the space for some of the networks that became a home for new agency startups. There's a There's a couple of them out there that have just been phenomenally successful and have just, they've really done a great job helping people start agencies from scratch. The carriers have, if they want to grow, they have to decide whether they're going to plant with small agencies that have no choice but to grow or plant with agencies that are static and are likely to be sold. And those agencies typically are not going to grow. So if a carrier needs to grow, they better start planning with with distributors that will grow and have a need to grow versus planning with distributors that are going nowhere fast. They've got to make that change in strategy again, I think. Okay. So then final question to bring it back. We were talking about the hard market. We talked a little bit about growth is is premium growth what kind of impact will that have on the hard market or does it impact um pricing as as carriers are able to maybe find that growth again they they can't really raise the prices to get themselves out of the funk with without any growth can they well it's it's a uh, have and have not world um, so if a carrier has plenty of surplus and they're simply taking advantage and they, let's say that a carrier has plenty of surplus and they have plenty of profitability and they see this as simply an opportunity to raise rates, um, maybe not as much as others, but to raise rates. So they, they still make more profit, but are the most competitive uh, competitor on the block, so to speak. Yeah, they're, they're going to they'll probably do that. Um, there's an there's an article earlier this week, I believe, about some people at the um, one of the I think it was the NAIC. I'm not sure that uh, said we are rather concerned that maybe carriers are using price optimization rather than traditional uh, pricing uh, models based on actuarial requirements. You know, that's something to speculate upon is whether that is or is not happening. But then you have these other carriers that probably are a little short surplus, not short from a uh, insolvency perspective. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about short of surplus that that puts them at a competitive disadvantage to be able to, to grow as fast. Always keep in mind that if a carrier is a little short of surplus one way or the other. They can't raise rates the same way because the even if they keep all of the business, if they raise those rates, the premium to surplus ratio gets distorted even worse. 
it won't work. So again, you have a have and have not world out there and it's going to really vary by line and by carrier. Um, and keep in mind too, um, the one of the things to really remember is, is if a carrier that you're working with has a very high proportion of uh, private passenger auto, that line of business is pretty profitable and very soft. Is it providing some cushion for other uh, lines? Or if they don't write private passenger auto, does that put more pressure on them to raise rates and tighten underwriting even more? I think that's one of the things to watch for there. Fascinating. Well, thank you, Chris. We appreciate you sharing that insight. And I know that for, for agencies that are looking to really delve into the carriers they work with and, and analyze those, if they don't uh, have the ability to do that just internally, that is a service that you offer and is, is just hugely insightful for, for planning. So we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen in on this discussion about the hard market, and we look forward to catching up with you next time. Thank you.